Welcome everybody to Church on the Lawn. How are we doing? It's a nice warm Sunday out here today, but a little bit cooler today than it was yesterday for sure, right? We're going to worship the Lord and we're going to be hot worshiping the Lord today, right? Hallelujah. Let's do it. All right, here we go. We start out with a song called Forever Rain. You are good, you are good, when nothing's good in me. You are love, you are love, on display to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, covered all my sin. You are peace. Nothing compares 
that's really the truth, right? Forever will he reign, even in a pandemic, right? Even when things are the toughest that they can be, God will always forever reign, right? And, you know, there are so many reasons to, to follow our, our God. And uh, this next reason, the song is a tune called 1,000 Reasons to Follow Our Lord, right? And I think there's a lot more than 1,000 reasons, but this is one of the, one of the, the great worship songs called 1,000 Reasons. Sing with me. Here we go. Get it set up again here. All right, here we go. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, right? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh, oh my soul, and worship his holy name. Like forever before, oh my soul, and worship his holy name. You see, the sun comes up, there's a new day dawning. It's time to sing for our song again. Whatever may pass. Whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord of my soul. Come on now. Oh, my soul. Clap with me at the home and worship his holy name. That's right. Like never before. His holy name Rich in love And you're slow to anger Your name is great And your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons That my heart here we go now. Bless the Lord of my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name, like forever before. Oh my soul, and worship His holy name. And on that day. Strength is failing, the end draws near, and it's time to come. Still, my soul will sing praises unending. That's right, right? Praises unending. Ten thousand years and forevermore. Here we go now. All right, let's let it build. Here we go. Oh, bless the Lord of my soul. My soul and worship His holy name like never before. Oh, my soul 
Worship his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, and worship his holy name. Some of the best words I think ever written, right? Oh. All right, so final worship song for the set today is, a, uh, is an old worship song. It's been around for a, a while, and it's called Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest, right? Hosanna. He has so many names, but Hosanna in the highest, right? Just picture him marching in, marching in on a, on a mule, there was a mule, was that what it was? Marching into the city with those leaves, holding it high saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Let me tell you the story, here he goes. I see the King of glory coming with the clouds with fire. Well, the whole earth shakes, the whole earth shakes. In his love and mercy, see it all. Washing all our sin, washing all our sin, let the people sing, let the people sing. Here's what they said. Hosanna, Hosanna, as he walked in, Hosanna in the highest. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. I see the generation rising to take their place with a selfish faith, with a selfish faith. I see a new revival stirring as we pray and seek we're on our knees they're on their knees and they all said Hosanna 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 in the highest Hosanna Hosanna
heart will make it clean and open up my eyes for all the earth to see show me how your love like you have loved me my heart for what breaks yours everything I am the kingdom of cause as I walk from earth to eternity and they said Hosanna 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 they all said Hosanna Hosanna in the highest. Here we go now. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Amen, right? Amen. We're going to have some announcements. We're going to talk a little bit about church business, but Hosanna in the highest. Amen, everybody. Well, hello, everybody. Can you hear me? There we go. Uh, it's so good to see you. I know uh, it's a little hot today. It's actually cooler than it was yesterday, uh, but we have a lot of people watching on online. We have some people here on the lawn, so it's good to see you all. Um, yeah, just the announcements this week. Again, prayer and Bible study uh, Tuesday at 7.50, or at 6.50. Uh, try and log on a little early. Uh, you can contact Pastor Charlie if you're having trouble. Uh, and then also, I wanted to let you know, uh, Sully is back teaching the youth today at 12.30 on Instagram. And uh, Margaret's going to be teaching the, uh, the toddlers and elementary as well on Facebook. Uh, last week, I, uh, I interviewed my dad, and if you want to see it, it's still on Facebook or it's uh, on YouTube. If you search our YouTube channel, just search for New Heart Foursquare Church on YouTube, and you can find it. Um, we're also working on trying to simultaneously broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. We're actually uh, trying it out today to see if it works. Uh, and so I'll let you know next week if it worked out, if it worked good, because if you're at home, we want you to be able to just uh, watch it on YouTube on your television, make it a lot more convenient for you. Um, so you can go ahead and check out the YouTube channel and see how everything worked out. And we're going to try and be uploading the videos um, 
from all of our lessons, from the elementary and toddlers and, and from youth and young adults uh, and from the main session, just had that all on YouTube so it's easy access and easy to share it with other people. Uh, uh, but I'm also gonna announce that I'm gonna be interviewing my mom about her time in high school on August 30th. I just got her to agree to that last night. She was like, not tomorrow, right? Not tomorrow. I'm not being interviewed tomorrow. I'm like, no, you're not being interviewed tomorrow. Uh, and I've also actually talked to Terry. Uh, she's going to be speaking uh, next week, but she's not going to be uh, interviewed until September. So we're going to interview her about her time in high school in September as well. Um, so just be looking out for that. That's upcoming. Another thing we wanted to announce, uh, we really want to encourage everyone to register to vote. We're two months away from uh, a really important election, and uh, that's going to be on November 3rd. And the deadline to register is October 19th. So if you're not registered to vote, we really encourage you to register to vote. Uh, you can register to vote online, and the website, I think they're going to be putting it up below on the broadcast is registertovote.ca.gov. So R-E-G-I-S-T-E-R-T-O-V-O-T-E dot C-A dot gov. So it's really important that you register to vote. I think that the pandemic that we're in right now uh, demonstrates and shows how important it is. Uh, we want to uh, be promoting and sharing our voice um, in promoting religious freedom and our ability to meet safely as a church in person and uh, also we want to be promoting Christian values with our voting. A lot of you get the Decision Magazine. There's a lot of really good information on there in terms of uh, uh, the election and uh, just different, different, um, different positions of different candidates. So uh, definitely be, be thinking about registering and register before October 19th and be thinking about uh, you know, who you want to vote for and be researching the candidates. So we just really appreciate that and encourage you again to vote uh, for religious liberty so that way we can continue to meet safely here in person even during the, during the pandemic. Uh, and that's it. And so now we're going to have Margaret come up and do our, uh, it's going to be like our children's sermon uh, for toddlers and for elementary for those who are watching at home with their families. Oh. It says power with a cloud. Well, who do you think it's representing? Right. The Holy Spirit's power. Okay. Um, today we're going to be doing a rap song, so stick with me. I'm giving you the answers. Now, I'm taking off my mask. Ha. <sighs> okay. So, I'm Commander Margaret speaking to you with love. In the name of God the Father and Jesus, his son, who sent us a friend, the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John 16, 13, Jesus said, When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will take you by the hand and lead you and guide you into all the truth there is. Praise God. We need truth. You know, we've been going through a lot of things. And there's a lot of uncertainty about the COVID-19 virus and stressful questions about what concerns us about our children. Know this, all you children of God, 24-7, Jesus is by your side, and you are so important to him. Super kids, 
God has a wonderful plan for your life. God wants you to be a leader in your community. Our country, the United States of America, wants you to be a leader who makes wise choices and sets an example, right? Very good. Now, super kids, I know you can spell. G-O-D, spell it. G-O-D, very good. God's plan for your life is a treasure. That means it is highly valuable. Oh, I bet you're thinking to yourself, what is valuable? Hmm, imagine you happily go to a toy store and your favorite toys are there and you look all around at all the fun toys and you decide that you don't want the cheap toy that will break in two days, right? You want the strongest, well-made and long-lasting toy to play with. That shows that you want the most valuable one. Today, our Bible memory verse is Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a field. And he was filled with excitement. Super kids, when you joyfully desire God's plan and awesome treasure, you may have it abundantly, say it, abundantly, very good. That means that you'll have more than enough just because you want it. Only you don't have to pay for it. God's treasure is free. Woohoo! But beware, super kids. Sometimes someone in the world may try to trick us to follow their plan to acquire a great treasure by telling us to do something dishonest or sneaky to get it. This would be a counterfeit treasure that could put us in jail or ruin our life. Like if someone gave you a $20 bill to spend at the store and you tragically find out that it isn't real money. Children of God, as you step forward each day in your life, guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, he sets us free. Say it. Sets us free. Okay, I got to hear it louder next time. All right, this is important. You're yelling at yourself. <laughs> okay, Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. That means 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God is with you to love, comfort, strengthen, and guide you. I know. Let's all chant a rap song called 24-7. Jesus makes a way every day. Say it, 24-7. Jesus makes a way every day. Good job. All right. Here we go. 
I will ask you a question about God's plan in your life, and you yell the answer. Good job. I can hear you, Commander Maggie. Everybody join in. Okay. Here we go. Okay, we're starting here. Say it four times. Twan T four seven four seven. 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 Who gave you life? G O D. And how do you live? Abundantly. What does God do for you? Sets us free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Good. Who gives you what you need? G-O-D. How does Jesus give it? Abundantly. Good job. Don't worry, because Jesus. You got it. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There we go. All right, good job. We've got more. Get ready. Say it four times. Twan T four seven four seven. 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 Who should we? Uh uh. Who can we pray to? G O D. And how da la 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 la. And how will God answer abundantly? God's forgiveness sets us free. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Good job. Who loves you and me? G O D. And how will God answer? abundantly. God's forgiveness sets us free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Who loves you and me? G-O-D. You got it. How will he change your life? Abundantly. God's word is true and it sets us free 24 hours a day seven days a week one t four seven four seven 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 who should we act like g-o-d and how should we give abundantly, like all grace and mercy sets us free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You got it. All right. Who, who gave you life? G-O-D. And how do you live abundantly? What did God do for you? Sets us free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 24-7. Jesus makes a way every day. Say it. 
247. Jesus make the way every day. Good job. See you next week. See you on Sunday. See you this week at 1230 on facebook.com slash newheart for you. And we'll learn more about God's treasure. Bye, super kids. You got it now? 24-7, abundantly. <laughs> you know, repetition is good. That way you don't forget it. It just gets ingrained in your brain. Ingrained in your brain. Praise the Lord. Good, good to have all of you out here on the lawn. Good to see you all in Facebook. Actually, you're seeing me. I'm not seeing you. But we're going to talk again today, part two of Who Are Your Friends? You know, this is for youth and adults because adults have to choose their friends just like youth have to choose their friends. You know, when you're little kids, your parents choose your friends for you. You, know, you might have a birthday party and you look back and they say, who are these kids? I don't know who these kids are. They're just in the neighborhood. But now we get a chance to actually choose. And so there's five we talked about last week. There's five types of friends that you want to have with you. One is someone that you can that can comfort you in tough times you have to have someone that will challenge you to do the will of the lord one that will confront you when you're not doing the right thing one that will give you counsel when you don't know what to do and you need to have make a wise decision and there's those that need to celebrate with you when god is doing good things in your life amen let's practice let's celebrate hallelujah glory to god amen so this week we're going to talk about not only the friends that you're supposed to have, but the friends that you're not supposed to have. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray before I get started. I want the Holy Spirit to help me uh, give this to you the way he wants to give it to you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We ask you for your precious Holy Spirit to guide and direct me, to teach me the things that you want them to know. I thank you that you guide my mouth and my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said... Amen. So, you know, friends, they can make you or they can break you. They can lift you up or they can drag you down. Amen. They can make you, make you successful or they can keep you struggling. And the people that you come in contact with can really help you in your life. They give you opportunities. They tell you about situations that are coming. They let you know about programs that you, that you can avail. They are used by God to help you do the things that you're supposed to do. I can't count the number of times my friends have told me about a job that I needed to get. In fact, almost every job that I've gotten has been a referral from one of my friends. They give you information about things that are happening, programs. And actually, we even came to this church because of a friend that told us about it. And we have this church building because of friends that have recommended us. So you never know who God is going to use. You've got to be nice to what? Everybody, everybody, the Bible says to uh, be kind to everyone, especially those that are the household of faith. Now, I look at friends as like a deck of cards. You know, you got the joker. How many of you throw away the joker? Don't throw away the joker. You need some laughs sometimes. Amen. You got the ace. You, you need the ace because that's your main squeeze. That's your best friend. That's the one that you can count on. Praise God. Then you got the king of diamonds. That's the one that you admire or you want to be like. You want to rise to be at the level that they're at. Then you got the queen of hearts. Guys, that's the kind of girl that you want to marry, the queen of your heart. Amen? And, and, and uh, girls, you, you can marry the king of heart. 
the guy that, you know, you want to spend the rest of your life with. But then we have the jack of all trades, amen? That's the people that you work with, people that are your neighbors, people that you come in contact with. They need to be there as well. They're closer than others. And then you have the whole rest of the deck, 52 cards of all the people that you meet. And and they all have different personalities. They all have different uh, likes and dislikes. And so we're supposed to get along with everybody. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Did you know that you're supposed to get along with everybody? The Bible says, as much as life in you, live peaceably with everyone. Well, I just don't like so-and-so, and and that person really rubs me the wrong way. Well, you shouldn't be that way. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, God wants us to have friends. Did you, you know, in fact, he ordained you to have friends. We're designed to live together. We are called into the family of God. We are in the household of God. We are the body of the Christ, and so we're supposed to be joined together, not separate. And Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. You've got to look and choose the friends that you want to be. I know my son, when he was going to law school in Pepperdine, he was supposed to room with three other people, and they just do it randomly. They just, if you don't have somebody to room with, they just put you in with somebody. And he said, no, I, I don't want to do that random. I want to make sure that I'm going to be with somebody that uh, is serious about school, wants to study, and that can ha- we can help each other get through this thing. So he chose three friends, and believe it or not, they all finished in the top five in their class. Well, they didn't finish. They, they started out. Uh, three of them finished, one, two, and my son was number four, and number three dropped down towards the end, and at the end of the school year he didn't quite make it but he he chose four or three good people and you and so they wrote an article about him in the Pepperdine magazine and you remember when the Beatles walked across the street at, at Abbey Road and how they walked single file brother Bill's going to put that on the screen to to refresh those that don't remember so they took a picture of my son with his three friends walking across the road at Berkeley uh, uh, Pepperdine and they put it in the magazine to, to, to show, you know, that you can fellowship with people and they can help you. Praise God. So the people that you uh, associate with, the people that you spend the most time with, their characteristics, their attributes, and their mindsets will rub off on you. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. What does that mean? That means your friends could influence you and give you bad behavior that you don't usually or wouldn't normally do. I know when I was growing up and I got caught doing some shenanigans, my mom would sit me down and say, well, now, son, now, where did you learn to do that? You, you didn't learn that at home. How many of you have said that or heard that? Amen. <laughs> where did you learn? I didn't, you know, we didn't talk back to our parents in those days. But in my mind, I'm saying, I don't know. I just learned it somewhere, mom. My friends. Psalms 1.1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. And you see a progression here? They're walking, then they're standing, and then they're sitting. Well, how does that go? Well, you might be standing, and somebody walks by you, a bunch of guys, and you say, hey, guys, where are you going? We're going to a party. And then you stop them, and you stand with them, and you say, well, uh, what kind of party is it? Well, you know what kind of party we go to. You know, they got drugs, they got music, they got girls, you know. 
And then you sit down and you, well, wh where is this party anyway? A and who's going to be there? You you're getting into trouble. Let them keep walking, amen? <laughs> Don't stop them. So you're attracted to other people because of what's on the inside of you, right? Birds of a feather flock together. So how do we get our friends anyway? Well, usually we meet at school or work or maybe a mutual event. Somehow we get to notice them and somehow we start talking and we just build a friendship. And usually it's somebody that's not quite like you. They're like you in some ways, but you like the contrast. You know, you might be quiet, you know, like have somebody that's, that's talkative. You might have somebody that's athletic and you want to be part of them, part of what they're doing. So it's the kind of commonality and contrast in talents and abilities that your friendship is formed with. Now, I can remember when I was in high school, I still can remember, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I wanted to have friends. I didn't have any problem having friends. You know why? Because the Bible says if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. I like people. I like to hear what they're doing. I like to know what they're doing. I don't want to be left in the dark. I'm going to find out what they're doing. So uh, I went out for, for cross country and track and baseball. And when I was running cross country, me, I had some freshman friends that encouraged me to go out and run. I didn't want to run that far, but they said, no, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I go, okay. Well, the first day when I came back, I, I couldn't get out of bed after the next day. I'm like, oh my gosh, my muscles. But they said, no, come on, keep coming. So I, I kept running. And then we had to run 10 miles a day. We used to have to run to Alondra Park, which is five miles away, check in, and then run back. And oh my gosh, it was terrible. People throwing up and all that stuff. But then I found out the seniors, they had a great idea. They have friends that had cars that told them, pick us up along the way, drive us to the checkpoint. We'll pretend like we're tired, and then we'll go back home, and we'll get back in the car and, and go. So when I heard about that, I said, that's a great idea. But I would never do that because it's going to show up on the race time. You're not going to be in shape. But they tried this, well we'll, well, we'll run a little bit and take drugs, you know, to help us out. Well, that didn't work out for them either because I beat them all. Amen? Drugs or no drugs. So who you hang out with makes a difference. I know my neighbor, I, then I went out for baseball, and my neighbor says, you know, I heard that if you chew tobacco, it'll really calm you down for sports. Anybody chew tobacco out there? No? So he asked me, do you want to try it? That's, you know, you know that's bad when they say, do you want to try it? <laughs> I said, no. I, he said, no, come on, we, we, we'll try it. Saturday I'll get, get us some and we'll try it. I said, okay. So we went in his backyard and we started chewing the tobacco and spitting it out, you know, like we're big time guys. But what I didn't realize, they had told us, don't swallow it. If you swallow it, it's like poison. And after about five or ten minutes, you know, we started getting woozy because it's hard to stop from uh, swallowing it because it's so liquidy. After ten minutes, we spit it out. We said, this is ridiculous. And we started feeling the pain that we've never felt before. Poison in our bodies. We were rolling over on our stomachs saying, oh, God, help me. We didn't even know God, but we knew how to, we knew to cry out, Lord, if we... Please get us out of this. If you ever get us out of this, we'll never do this again. And thank God we got out of it. Now, so you, you don't know, your friends could cause you to do crazy things. 
Pastor Charlie was telling me about his friend when they were 16 years old. They did a thing called siphoning out gas from a gas tank. Anybody ever do that? If you haven't done it, I know you have friends that, that do do it. That's what I said. No way. But this guy, 16 years old, they're in the dark. He's siphoning gas out of this car, and he can't see if, the, if it's working or not. He can't see if the siphoning is working. So he lights a lighter. You all know that's dumb, right? Do I need to finish the story? Kaboom! Everything. The car, him, everything. Died because of someone that was doing things that they thought they should do too. That's not good. So we have to be careful. Proverbs 12, 26 says, One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leaves them astray. So we want to look at some people, okay? We're going to look at some people. And if you fall into this category, don't look at me. I'm just the, the delivery boy. And uh, these are characteristics of people that you don't want to hang around with, all right? Are you ready? We're going to have an altar call at the end, so if there's any of, this, any of these fit you. Okay, first one is the fair weather friend. You know that person. They only fly with you when the weather is good. They, they only hook up with you when they don't have anything else on their schedule. When they want to be with you, they'll call you up and they want to meet with you. Drop everything that you're doing. Be with them. But when you need them, it's like, well, I don't know if I can fit it into my schedule. I've got some things, you know, I'll try to make it. Maybe, I don't know. And uh, the Bible says, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. I had a friend that used to say it this way. Is you in or is you out? You know, are you with me or you're not? I like some people say, well, we're going to come to your church someday. I said, someday? Someday is not on the calendar. I don't know what you're talking about someday. What, you, you coming or you're not? So we have to uh, get people that we can count on. The Bible says in Proverbs 8.24, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and to trust an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. Amen? These are the types of people you don't invite to help you move. You'll be waiting, and they'll have some lame excuse why they couldn't come. Or don't ask them to pick you up at the airport. You might be waiting a long time. Don't ask them to bring you something. You may never get it. These are our fair-weather friends, but we have to be nice to them. We have to be nice to everybody. Praise God. Next one is the gossip hound. Now, we all could be in that category, and you may know some that excel in it more than others, but this is a person that can smell out a story. They know everything about everybody, and they want to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, they could write a gossip column on things that people have done and what they're doing, and, and they don't say it's gossip. They say it's, it's a prayer request. You know, we want to, you know, lift up so-and-so. We want to pray for them. So really, it's not, they don't think it's gossip. It's just a information wrapped up in slander, all right? These people are able to dig up information about other people, and they have a knack of finding out things about other people that no one else knows, and they're able to share it with everyone. Well, the Bible says it this way. Who is Proverbs 17, 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. What does that mean? That means when you start telling secrets about other people, the people that you're telling 
have a bad impression of the person that you're telling the secret about. You might tell them something and then they look at you kind of funny and like, oh, I heard that you did this and why are you doing that? And it might have already been settled. It might have already been taken care of and, and maybe it's even misrepresented. Mis uh, but you're separating people from other people by your mouth. So you know these kinds of people, right? And how do you identify them? Well, if they're talking to you about somebody else, they may be talking to somebody else about you. Amen? Not getting many amens on this one. Okay. <laughs> so what we did, we, we recognized this at the church I used to go to, and we had about 700 members. And in those days, if you wanted to get information out real quick, we didn't have email. Uh, we didn't have texting. We didn't have the Internet. So we would tell like five or six people that we knew that would get it out and <laughs> get the news out. <laughs> Before you know it, everybody knew in the church by just telling five or six people, can I get an amen? Okay. So <laughs> we have to be careful that we're not carriers of bad news of other people. Third one is the drama king or drama queen. Amen. Now you know these people. They're the ones that always have a long story and they're the main character in the story all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it never has an ending. It just goes on and on and on. And it talks about how uh, they had to, uh, it's a story of their tragedy or disappointments or injustices. And they don't mind telling, sitting you down and telling you. We're in, and you, don't, you can't even get an, a word in edgewise. There's no communication. It's just one side of the story over and over and over again. But we can't have these uh, people too much in our lives because they're wrapped up in their own life. And they never notice that you might need an encouraging word or encouragement. And so there has to be a mutual sharing of ideas and feelings and just not one-sided all about them. Amen? So the Bible says in Philippians 2, look not on your own things, but the things of others. Okay? So you're writing all these down, the fair weather friend, gossip hound, the drama king or queen. We're going to get to a couple of good ones at the, at the end, so, so stick around. Okay, then we got the negative Ned and the negative Nellie. Woo-wee! Now, these people are never satisfied with anything. As a result, they spend a lot of time whining and complaining about how the world is so unfair, how uh, they have a negative opinion about everything. And it doesn't stop with just their opinion. They'll look at you and bring negativity to you, the way you look, the way you dress, how you talk, how you run your life. They're, they're, they're negative. Well, you don't want these kinds of friends because you want someone that can support you and help you and make you happy. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Praise God. So I want you to be that. I want you to be someone that uh, believes the best of every person. And then we have another person. I think it's their cousin. It's critical Kathy and critical Chester. You know these people. They're mean and controlling. They say nasty things about you, and, and they say, oh, it's just a joke. I, I'm just teasing you. Can't you take it? That's uh, critical Kathy and critical Chester. So they, they, uh, they um, try to make themselves feel better by putting you down. Amen. You ever have those kinds of people where you walk away after you're talking to them and go like, man, I don't feel that good. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm that important. I don't feel like I'm anybody after them so the bible says that we're not supposed to think on those things or speak those things it says in philippians 4 think on these things whatever 
things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen? So the last bad character that we don't want to hang around is the fun-loving rebel. I think this applies to high school, but it also can apply to adults. This is the person that can take you on a joyride. This is a person that seems adventurous and fun, and if you hook up with them, you might have fun, but the end of it could be pretty dangerous. They come up with ideas that put you in a place where you don't want to be. The consequences are too great. So hanging around with them in the beginning seems like fun and exciting, but after the end it could be damage your whole life. Now, I had a friend. His name was Chuck Christensen in high school, and I wanted to be friends with him, but my mom had a rule that if we were going to spend time with anybody for any length of time, that they should come over and have dinner so she could get to meet him. I mean, you all still do that? Try to do that, right? <laughs> so I told Chuck, I go, listen, here's the way you win my mom's favor. When you come in, just say, hello, Mrs. Canizero. That shows you have good manners. And when you say, when you leave, you say, goodbye, Mrs. Canizero. And my mom's Italian, and she cooks. And I said, so just enjoy the meal and always ask for seconds. He said, that's no problem. I can do that. And so, you know, that warms my mom's heart. Oh, he's got manners, and God bless him. He has a great appetite. So after Chuck left, my mom said, boy, what a nice boy he is. I go, yeah, Mom, he's a nice boy. Little did she know. <laughs> this was my fun-loving rebel that I found out he would drink and get in the car and drive and do crazy things with the car. And I said to myself, I don't think I want to hang with this guy very long. I might get in an accident. So I dropped him like a bad habit. Okay, um, the Bible says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent to them. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, be not deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So we have to be careful. And it happens as an adult. Some people can influence you. I was talking to Rosie. She said I could tell this story. But they, she was living at her old house with her neighbor, Carol. And some drug guys walked through their property and just, you know, nonchalant and being, you know, druggies and uh, walked right across their property. And so Rosie went over to her neighbor, Carol, and said, Carol, did you see those guys come by? She said, no, who, what, what? He said, well, come outside. Let me show you. And they went, they looked down the street, and there they were, just, you know, carousing around. Carol says, get in the car. We're going to go get them. Now, how many of you know that's not a good thing to do? I mean, the two girls, two ladies trying to hustle a bunch of youth or, or young adults. So they take off on their car. They corner them in a parking lot where a bank was, and they have them kind of hunkered down there, and they get out of the car, and they start yelling at them, what are you kids doing? Well, what are you, why are you on our property? They said, we, we're, not, we're not doing anything. She said, if you ever do that again, we're going to call the cops. We don't want to see you on our property anymore. And they got in the car and they left. How many of you know today, they could be shot <laughs> for doing something like that. You know, we have some crazy people out there. So you have to be careful of the people that encourage you to do things. So be careful not to hang around with fun-loving Rebel, uh, Rebel uh, Rosie. Okay. <laughs> Now, I haven't even mentioned the know-it-all, the controlling person, the angry person, the unforgiving person, the vengeful person. All these are problem 
people that we don't want to be with. Maybe we'll take care of it in another lesson. But who is everybody's best friend right now? Jesus is our best friend. Isn't that true? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And look what it says here in John 15, 12, because they say that Jesus says that we're his friends. Doesn't it say that? That we're friends? He's our friend? And so I looked it up, John 15, verse 12. It says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for your friend. What's he saying? He says, I'm, your fr I'm a friend to you because I'm going to lay my life down for you. Then the next verse kind of confused me because it says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command. Well, what do you mean? Is this conditional? I mean, you're only going to be my friend if I do everything that you say? I tried to tell my wife that. I said, we can get along fine if we just, just do everything I say. You know, it'd be, be good. She said the same thing. You do everything I say, we'll, we'll be happy. It will be no problem. And that's the secret I tell people in married couples. <laughs> just do what the whatever the other person wants. Just do it. Everybody be happy. But what Jesus was saying is, I'm a friend to you, but are you a friend to me? Amen? How, have you been friends of some people and they don't reciprocate? They, they don't, you know, return back? But Jesus says, I want to be your personal friend. He, has, uh, he wants to have a personal relationship with us. Why? He knows our comings and he knows our goings. He knows the words that are going to come out of our mouth before we even speak them. How much does the Lord know us? He says, I knew you in your mother's womb. I knit you together. I put all your days in a book. I was telling my wife, I'm just trying to do the book. I'm just trying to do all the things that God has told me to do for the rest of my life. And then I can go back home and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Praise God. He knows your hurts and he knows your pains. He knows your struggles. And the Bible says you can call upon him and he will what? Answer you. Now, I heard this story. I, I almost couldn't believe it. It was, a, it was a minister that was able to speak at the U.N. Assembly, United Nations Assembly, and he told a story about how he died. He had a heart attack in Australia. And so they went to revive him, and he was completely dead. They did the electric shock 12 times, and just a couple heartbeats and then down. A couple heartbeats and then down. And then finally they said, well, this is it for him. They put him on a gurney. They put him in an ambulance. They put that tag on him, DOA, dead on arrival. And so while he's driving to the hospital, while they're driving him to the hospital, he said, Jesus came into my ambulance. And all of a sudden, my heart started pumping. I started breathing. And the driver and the person that was riding with him, man, they were shocked. Like, what is going on? He was dead for 45 minutes. But Jesus came in and revived him. He's been alive for 10 years since then. And so a year later, he went to the doctors in the United States, and he said, what, what, is, uh, uh, what happened? He goes, we can't understand it. We did a DNA testing on you, and we found out that every molecule in your body is perfect. It was clean and clear from any heart attack. No markers there in your DNA. God, he said, only God could do this. He could come in and touch every parcel and molecule of your body and make it well. That's for all of you that are believing God for something. God knows your body. He put you together. He's able to heal it. He's able to do the, the mechanics and the biology to make you well. Can I get an amen? He is the Lord that heals us. And the last friend that we need to have is uh, 
one that is like Jesus. We need spiritual friends. We need friends that we can talk to about the word, that we can pray with, that uh, friends that can encourage us, not look at things the way they are, but look at things through the eye of faith. Amen? So are we that person to somebody? Do we encourage them? Do we have people that we can pray with? Are, when we're praying, even though we're in this COVID situation, you can still pray and hook up and connect with people that need your encouragement, either by text or an email or a phone call. I, I've been doing that the last couple of months, and it's amazing how you catch people at just the right time when they needed a touch from God, and God uses you. So stay connected. Be a good friend. The last two scriptures are in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider to stir one another up in love and in good works, not neglect neglecting to meet together as the habit of some are, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day dawning. So we need to know that we are not handcuffed. We are not strapped in still being able to reach out and minister to our friends. So I want to encourage you today. In fact, let's bow our heads and pray so God can use us in ways that we didn't even think were possible. Father, I thank you for those that are listening uh, here on the lawn and those that are on Facebook and on our website, that they will know that, Lord, you want to use them even when in the downtime where we can't have complete access to every situation. So, Lord, I thank you that you put uh, on our heart the people that you want us to meet and encourage, to make them know that there's a God in heaven that hears their cries and is open to their prayers. So, Father, I th God, I thank you that you quicken us to do those kinds of things in the name of Jesus. Now, if Jesus is not your friend, for those that are listening, you can make him your friend. He can be a God to you, a personal Lord and Savior. One that comes to you and knows all about you, but says, wants to, I want to walk alongside of you. So if that's you, you can say this prayer, and I'll repeat it for you right now. Say, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He is my friend. He has forgiven me of all of my sins. I ask him to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer at home, there is a website that you can go to and uh, click on it. Click on contact and let us make a record of your, your, your um, uh, commitment to the Lord. We can help you, pray with you, set you uh, with material that will get you going in your uh, relationship with the Lord. Or if you just want to call, there's a number that you can call. It's 626-332-1472. I enjoyed being with you today. I look forward to the Sundays. I'm glad I can meet with you either on the lawn or on Facebook or on the website. So God bless you. Have a great day, rest of the day. Stay cool. It's going to get up to over 100 uh, later on in the week. and uh, But that's okay. We have air conditioning. Amen. Thank God for air conditioning, right, Brother Ron? We're going to close out today's service and uh, get you guys in a cool place, huh? All right. Have a wonderful rest of your Saturday, Sunday, right? Weekend, right? Everybody, one thing remains is to final worship our Lord.
of the grave. Come sit in triumph and change. Isn't that true? But there's one thing that remains. One thing remains. Here we go. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up.